seems like an incredible idea to think of living, breathing dinosaurs. It's the kind of idea that you think is going to be locked in the realms of science fiction forever. But about 12 years ago, I began to realize that it might indeed be possible to bring extinct animals back to life. I remember in the early 80s walking um, on the beach with Marvin Minsky, who was at the AI lab at MIT, and saying in this very tentative way, um, you know, I'm thinking about doing a story about a genetically engineered dinosaur and waiting to see if he would make fun of me. And he said, oh, well, yeah, I could probably be done one day which I found very encouraging. There's such a reality to it that that's why I got really interested in this, because I said, God, science adventure has mm -hmm. come smashing together, and now it's, it's based on what is probably going to happen yeah. someday. I'd seen some of the dailies and had been on the set some of the time, so I had very, very high expectations. And I, I didn't really think that the movie would exceed my expectations, but it just... I was knocked out. I mean, it was far beyond anything I imagined. Uh, when sap came off a tree and trapped a mosquito, about 50 million years later, the sap got hard. Actually, it gets hard before 50 million years, and it entombs the mosquito. So the mosquito came How did you make this one? Uh, well, we waited 50 million years. We've been in pre-production for 50 million years on this movie. And first we're going to say action, so action. Hold on to your butts. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. You possibly have the slightest idea what to expect. It's the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park, and I, Brad Jost, will be your host as we wind back the rivers of time and reflect on the past 30 years with a property that has changed us all. 1993, uh, that was just really like the best year to be a kid. It's all there to incite an emotion and Jurassic Park nails it every time. Jurassic Park really formed my love of dinosaurs and all things nature. I'm just so glad that there's such an amazing group of us who can connect over such an iconic and nostalgic movie together. Uh, they always say, don't meet your heroes, but guess what kids, my hero's awesome. Welcome to the Jurassic Park podcast. June 11th, 1993. It's the day that we journeyed to the island rode alongside of iconic vehicles, met a handful of our favorite scientists. It's a day that we looked ourselves in the mirror and saw Lex and Tim Murphy reflected back at us, where terror showed its teeth. And it's when you realize you should never, never mess with a paleontologist that's holding up a claw. And it's the day the world witnessed dinosaurs projected up on the big screen and believed. Today, we will be taking a look back at the iconic film, Jurassic Park, on its 30th anniversary. You'll hear from myself and other creators from around the community. This film has changed a lot of people's lives, and I'm sure yours included. And we're here to celebrate the magic of Michael Crichton, Steven Spielberg, ILM, Kathleen Kennedy, Stan Winston, John Williams, Frank Marshall, David Kep. Dean Cundy, Gerald Mullen, Phil Tippett, Michael Lantieri, Dennis Murin, Crash McCreary, Jack Horner, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Sir Richard Attenborough, B.D. Wong, Bob Peck, Martin Ferrero, Ariana Richards, Joe Mazzello, Sam Jackson, Wayne Knight, Whit Hertford, Miguel Sandoval, Greg Burson, and so many other incredible artists, creators, actors, and more. I am so incredibly happy to be here presenting this retrospective to all of you. And I can't believe 30 years later, I am still here talking about this film with friends and people that I truly admire. Welcome to our 30th anniversary retrospective on Jurassic Park here at the Jurassic Park podcast. I really hope you enjoy this one. I think it's going to be kind of fun. Get ready and hold on to your butts because we have 30 years 
to reflect on. Let's go. I was seven years old in 1993, turning eight a few months after the release of the film, so this was an incredibly formative time for me. But no matter the age or the medium, Jurassic Park is a story that sinks its teeth in and doesn't let go. And I know I'm not alone in getting hooked on it so early. I know my earliest memory of Jurassic Park actually predates the film, goes all the way back to the book with my mom out on the front porch reading this book and describing these stories about raptor dens and, and how terrifying that was and things washing up on the shore. I remember being terrified and intrigued. Of course, I was already a dinosaur fan, so I didn't need much to push me into the realm of Jurassic Park, but that was my first step into it. And I know everybody starts at a different place in time, whether you're young or older, whether you read the book first or didn't read the book first, it is truly interesting to see what it was like being a Jurassic Park fan and how you could relate with others at that time. It wasn't always easy being a Jurassic Park fan, but I think I have a few friends that are gonna tell us a little bit about what it was like. So let's take a listen to Neem's The Movie Poster Guy, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina, and Jay Jurassic. Growing up in the era of Jurassic Park in the 90s was probably the best time. And for those of you that did not grow up in that era, I'm really sorry, but you missed out on some of the best Jurassic moments. And playing with my action figures every day was the best. Coming up with new Jurassic stories in my room with my action figures was the most fun any kid could have. And uh, replaying the VHS over and over again is a memory that I think a lot of us had. So it was the best. 1993, uh, that was just really like the best year to be a kid, to be honest. Like thinking back on it, like that was just the absolute best year to be a kid. Um, and having dinosaurs as such a huge part of my life, even before Jurassic Park, what with the toys, what with you know, my personal fascination with them uh, ever since I was really little, like it, it really dialed it up to the next level. Um, it, it was awesome to be to be that age, you know, a young kid when Jurassic Park came out, being able to see it in the theater. I still remember the day I went to see it with my family and was just, you know, blown away. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen up to that point. And um, probably kind of still is, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, the toys were really you know, I, w I was always really into toys as a kid. And, and when these toys came out, they were just unlike anything that had ever been made before. I always say there was before Kenner Jurassic Park and there's after Kenner Jurassic Park. Before that, dinosaur toys looked nothing like what Kenner did. They really revolutionized, just like the film revolutionized cinema. Um, Kenner's Jurassic Park toy line really revolutionized the way that dinosaur toys could be made. Um, and I still fondly remember all of those toys and seeing them in the store, seeing them at Target, seeing them at Walmart, seeing them at KB Toys just on the shelves. I could still see it in my head. And I still have my originals from 1993. And they're just so special. Um, but just loving the film at that time and being such a huge fan of it. And uh, it was awesome growing up at Jurassic Park. And it didn't end in 1993, of course. It, it went on and on and on because, you know, there was The Lost World. There was Jurassic Park 3. And, um, you know, I, I, it never left me. I just, I was always, you know, massive Jurassic Park fan. Growing up as a Jurassic Park fan was, uh, was honestly, it, I, I always felt like I was the only Jurassic Park fan around. Um, there was a time where I knew this other kid in like fourth grade that, uh, that liked Jurassic Park and we were both eagerly waiting the Lost World release. And it was like rumors, you know, that the toys were going to have like these certain lights on them and stuff like that. And, and at the end of the day, it was all nonsense. But anyways, getting back to it, really, I just always felt alone. That's the that's honestly the truth. It's not like it is today where there's a lot of fans of Jurassic World and Jurassic Park in general. But when I was a kid. I always felt like I was the only Jurassic Park fan in all the land. Um, and it was always weird because, uh, you know, I mean, my friends, my best friends, they loved, you know, we all loved, uh, you know, 
Power Rangers and, and Pokemon and stuff like that. And, you know, like, I, I loved it, too. But Jurassic Park always held the number one spot for me. And my friends couldn't relate to that because they didn't have that type of um, affinity for it. So I just honestly, it was my thing. And it made it special because it was like it was only mine. You know, it wasn't something that's like uh, like today. Everybody's a fan, basically. Right. Um, back then, it's very hard to find a Jurassic Park fan. And as the years went on, it, we would have like conversations. You have conversations with friends and stuff and people ask, hey, what's your favorite movie or whatever? And people say ah, Terminator, um, you know, Matrix. And I would say. Or, well, you know, a very common answer, uh, what's your favorite franchise? Oh, Star Wars, you know, uh, Dark Knight, you know. And I would say Jurassic Park. And it was always an answer that when you said Jurassic Park, and I swear, like, I, 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 maybe it was just me, but I always got this look like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I never got the answer or the reaction that I get nowadays when I say, oh, my favorite franchise is Jurassic. And my favorite anything, honestly, is Jurassic. And people are like, oh, that's cool. Back then, wasn't as cool, honestly. That was my experience growing up being a Jurassic fan, honestly. But it never deterred me. Never deterred me from loving uh, um, and obsessing over these films and this franchise in general. It was certainly a, a tough franchise to find others in your community who loved it just as much as you did. And this really predated a lot of the internet conversation and stuff like that. So it was really hard to find those who were just like you. I know many people kind of felt alone and, and uh, you know, on their own when it came to celebrating this franchise. I struggled with the same thing. Outside of myself, my sister, and my cousin playing in the basement with the toys, watching the movie, reading the books, doing all that fun stuff, I knew one other kid who was a fan of those films. But unfortunately for our brewing friendship over the film, I moved away and went to a new school. I never found anyone who was as obsessed as I was in my new school. And it wasn't for the lack of trying. I certainly tried to find others who were just as obsessed as I was, but... It wasn't until the internet came around and uh, we found forums and, of course, Twitter and all that fun stuff later on that we found the true community of Jurassic Park. As research continued at ILM, Phil Tippett's Go Motion animators searched for a way to apply their traditional skills to modern computers. We are hands-on guys. We're used to actually walking up to the puppet, uh, making each of these moves by hand. I'm not used to sitting down on a keyboard and having to hit buttons. It's kind of like animating with like boxing gloves on. To bridge this gap between computer animation and movable miniatures, Tippett's shop came up with a unique solution. We proposed the development of this particular piece of hardware, which we nicknamed the dinosaur input device. We take a puppet that's very similar to what they're used to animating and electronically encode it so that they can move this around and have that be applied to a computer. The DID translated actual movement into computer instructions. It eliminated the keyboard while yielding the same CGI results. While of course this film has become influential to all of us, we witnessed something magical come to life. And at the time we couldn't have possibly had the slightest idea what to expect when it came to the impact that this film would have. Not only personally, but within the film industry. Now, you heard me list out a great deal of people who worked on this film a bit earlier, but uh, it needed to be done. The crew behind this film are the real miracle workers of Jurassic Park. And for a great many people, Jurassic Park was the Star Wars of its era, showing people a side of the entertainment industry they didn't even know was possible. The cinema you know today owes a lot to Jurassic Park. So let's hear from Jack from Jurassic Outpost, Connor O'Keefe, Victoria, and Caleb Burnett. Jurassic Park changed the scope of what was possible in movies. We witnessed CGI's takeover of the visual effects world and how that all really changed cinema. I think too, 
that Jurassic Park is one of those movies that will forever teach cinema. So many of the perfectly executed sequences are still used as examples of writing, of production design, of composition, framing, lighting. It's all there to incite an emotion, and Jurassic Park nails it every time. Everyone always talks about the obvious stuff with like the visual effects and such, but I think also just in terms of redefining what a blockbuster could be. Obviously, before that, you had Spielberg's other films like Jaws and E.T. and Jurassic Park as well. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, Star Wars as well. Um, that wasn't his, but um, another big blockbuster. Um, but yeah, just it, it really just took over in terms of like the cultural impact. Um, just like a huge, huge movie, a huge experience shared by generations. Um, so yeah, like it really did change the landscape of, of cinema in terms of blockbuster filmmaking. It really was like Star Wars for a new generation in that it revolutionized the way that uh, film could be made. Uh, CGI, um, really Terminator 2 had been the only film to really kind of take a foray in that direction. But um, Jurassic just took that and really amped it up to the next level and um, combined with uh, the practical effects and um, the raptor suits and the animatronics. Um, it was just a very seamless blending between the two and, and the end result is just magnificent. And, you know, I remember back to the marketing 1993 when Jurassic Park came out. Uh, it was everywhere on the news. It was Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, and, and rightfully so. Um, it, it was just such a huge, huge moment in cinematic history. And I can still see the tagline, um, an adventure 65 million years in the making. It was in the commercials. It was in the magazines. There was a lot of merchandise for the movie. Um, so it really changed things. And, you know, there hasn't been another Jurassic Park since. There probably never will be. Um, and for that reason, it just holds such a special place in cinematic history. Jurassic Park changed cinema in that um, it became the gold standard for visual effects and it's just an incredible film all around. It's extremely well written. It um, it comes at so many cultural issues. Um, it's extremely exciting and beautiful and entertaining. And um, it's just the gold standard for science fiction and for adventure and for it's it's just become an an icon of our culture. Honestly, like it's one of the most quotable movies of all time, and um, it's just a great example of how to make a great um, action adventure sci-fi movie that also has great characters and has a lot to say about society and uh, culture and us and humanity and animals and everything in between so you know over the course of the past 30 years jurassic park and this entire franchise has impacted my daily life 100 percent from the early days of me just hanging around with my sister and my cousin playing jurassic park to the days of that massive gap in between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World, searching the internet, scouring around, trying to find any source of news related to Jurassic Park. And of course, since 2015, with the podcast, um, Jurassic Park is on the mind 24-7, uh, and I'm, I'm constantly conversating with everybody out there in the community, creating content, making posts, Thinking about how to um, envision this franchise in a certain way to theorize, speculate, think about the creators and the cast and, and everybody that made this thing possible over the past 30 years. We're constantly thinking about it here. So this is a franchise that it, it's not something that we watched once and we forgot about it. We've, we have not forgotten about this movie, uh, and specifically that first movie. Yes, there's been many others since, but that first movie has impacted us so, so much. And right now, with the retro stuff all available around us and constantly thinking about the 30th anniversary, there's just nothing like it, and it is so much fun. And I will continue to be impacted by this franchise on a day-to-day -day basis, probably for the rest of my life. I certainly know a few others who have been impacted as well. So let's hear from Laura, a.k.a. Clever Fangirl, Tim from Collect Jurassic, and Ben, contributor to the Jurassic Park podcast. 
honestly, I celebrate Jurassic Park every day in my life. <laughs> my whole office is actually Jurassic Park themed and I have the Jurassic World movie background um, actually on my wall and during work, my clients and even my coworkers comment on it and ask all the time. So I'm always talking about Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, uh, every day in my life, uh, I have to think about it in some way, shape, or form. Again, not just because um, I'm, I'm really into the, the toys and the collectibles and all that, so there's always something going on um, that piques my interest, but even all those years when stuff wasn't coming out, um, you know, I've always, I, I, Jurassic Park is just, again, top of mind in terms of uh, sort of like this creative spark for me um, that, you know, that I'm always kind of like trying to live up to myself, uh, evaluating, you know, other movies or other like, um, fantasy worlds against, I mean, that's kind of like the, the high bar I have. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a super fan. So I, you know, anything that can remind me of it always does. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much always thinking about it. Jurassic Park is a massive part of my daily life. It's fair to say that I'm obsessed with it. Some of the best people I know, I've met online and in person through our shared love of Jurassic Park. My daily driver is a Jurassic Park Jeep. I'm currently two-thirds of the way through my Jurassic Park tattoo sleeve. I'm a collector of Jurassic Park prints and merchandise, as well as being lucky enough to be a contributor on the Jurassic Park podcast. Well, there it is. Just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of DNA, the building blocks of life. A DNA strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. We just had to know where to look. A hundred million years ago, there were mosquitoes, just like today. And just like today, they fed on the blood of animals, even dinosaurs. Sometimes, after biting a dinosaur, the mosquito would land on the branch of a tree and get stuck in the sap. After a long time, the tree sap would get hard and become fossilized, just like a dinosaur bone, preserving the mosquito inside. This fossilized tree sap, which we call amber, waited for millions of years with the mosquito inside until Jurassic Park scientists came along. Using sophisticated techniques, they extract the preserved blood from the mosquito and, bingo, dino DNA. A full DNA strand contains three billion genetic codes. If we looked at screens like these once a second for eight hours a day, it'd take two years to look at the entire DNA strand. It's that long. So it's full of holes. Now that's where our geneticists take over. Thinking machine supercomputers and gene sequencers break down the strand in minutes. And virtual reality displays show our geneticists the gaps in the DNA sequence. We use the complete DNA of a frog to fill in the holes and complete the code. And now we can make a baby dinosaur. I had never seen anything like it, and still haven't. A Brachiosaurus walked across the valley, there, right in front of me, on the big screen. How, how is that possible? You know, as a seven-year-old, I was very easily impressed by a dinosaur. Uh, the idea of these mythological creatures, very real creatures, consumed me. They once roamed our Earth. That, that, it's not possible. No way. No. How? 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 It, it just doesn't seem possible. I had always wished to see a dinosaur in real life. I mean, who hasn't? Um, when I was younger, I would convince myself that the dinosaur, the museum books that I had in the past contained real pictures of living dinosaurs or, or deceased dinosaurs eaten on the ground. And I craved for them to be walking among us. And I'm sure you have too. You know, to read these books about creatures in Crichton's novel or natural history books is one thing, but uh, to see them lumber around and, and viciously at times uh, was a life-changing experience. Don't deny it. And I know we've searched for this moment, this 
awe and wonder in future films and installments and other series, and we've never really found it, right? It's not ever going to be possible again. We witnessed a velociraptor attack a few park workers for the first time. That was it. And then we saw the Brachiosaurus right there in front of us. You can't take that back and you can't replicate it. Nor should anybody try. It's not a worthwhile pursuit. It's just too good. They did it perfectly. And they presented dinosaurs, maybe in the not most realistic way at times, but the way that impacted us the most. They knew what they were doing and they did it well. And they did it so well that we have a few people here to talk about it. Like Connor from our segment Dino DNA, Dakota from our segment The Hatchery, and of course, Tom Jurassic. I was really, really young when I saw Jurassic Park. It came out before I was born, um, and the first time I saw it was on VHS tape when I was probably around four years old. So it was really pivotal in the way that I saw dinosaurs and I perceived them. It was my first kind of piece of media that I saw dinosaurs in. Until then, they'd only been toys and in books and probably seen a few skeletons in the Natural History Museum in London. But yeah, um, in terms of living, breathing dinosaurs, that was my first kind of experience of what they were like. So yeah, my view of dinosaurs has been shaped by the ones in Jurassic Park and the Lost World. Um, and I, I wouldn't have any other way. I think they're so well realised. Of course, there's lots of things that we know about them now that are quite different to how they're in the films and they knew back then, and we explore that in Dino DNA, but they really, really are just so well realised as, as characters and as animals. Um, and, yeah, they just, they're really, really legendary, um, those appearances and those behaviours, and... I'm sure they've shaped the way that many, many people see dinosaurs. So yeah, overall, um, just, yeah, the best film ever um, with the best dinosaurs ever. Jurassic Park really formed my love of dinosaurs and all things nature. Uh, it, it really, really did. It showed me like, hey, these dinosaurs can be herbivores and carnivores and scary, but fun and interesting and really formed my love of dinosaurs and paleontology. Like, it really showed us what unique things are out there and things that once lived in action format. Yeah, not scientifically accurate, but, you know, that doesn't even matter. It still makes you form and love these creatures, these majestic animals. I think the T-Rex is so iconic, and the way it's handled in that breakout sequence is incredible. Um, so I lean towards the T-Rex, but then I also lean towards the Dilophosaurus as well. And I think for me, the Dilophosaurus, it comes from its sound design, the way that sound design is used to sort of emphasise horror, and... Um, and create something that feels really imposing and really intimidating, combined with the darker set piece, the pouring rain when Nedry dies. Uh, it's just an animal that has really, really strong presence, both visually and audibly within the film. Um, so potentially the Dilophosaurus as well, um, just because it's really cool and the way it's realised on screen, even if it's not paleontologically accurate, it adds to some of the more horror-esque beats in Jurassic Park. Remember when I said cinema changed? It absolutely changed. And these days we're focused on a lot of different things with the films that we go to see. In 1993, we were less focused on, on seeing superheroes on the big screen and more focused on stories of realistic people. And I'll tell you something about those people. They ended up being heroes to us anyway. Muldoon for his unwavering bravery, Dr. Ellie Sattler for her ability to break boundaries, John Hammond for bringing to life something we could have only previously just imagined in our brains, Tim Murphy for helping us kids remember to shut the door to the fridge, and Lex Murphy for being the OG computer geek, and Ian Malcolm for his, his intellect, and more and Alan Grant for his selflessness and somehow incredibly strong grip strength. These people became larger than life, giants, superheroes in their own right. And you absolutely cannot tell me otherwise. 
I even brought along three superheroes of my own to tell you more about it. We got Tom Jurassic, Neems, and Jay Jurassic. My favourite character has to be Robert Muldoon. Um, and I said this on another show recently, I love the juxtaposition you get from Muldoon, where you think about this guy who should know his stuff, he should be familiar with the Velociraptors and how they behave, so to see him getting outwitted and outsmarted by the Velociraptors is such a cool way of emphasising the threat that these dinosaurs pose, I just love it, it's done really really well, um, and I think it, it, it adds so much to his character that you have this guy who's clearly got a wealth of experience, but is ultimately outsmarted by these animals. Uh, it makes that dynamic so much richer and is really, really cool to see. Even problem-solving intelligence, especially the big one. Dr. Ellie Sattler, she's tenacious. <laughs> she's my favorite character because... During that time in the 90s, there was a lot of really, like, badass, like, female characters out there. But Ellie Sattler was just different. You know, she's she's very grounded and she's not like this action hero, but she's this strong female that is smart. And um, she doesn't let the guys, you know, go around her. She She is the best. Okay, who's the jerk? Uh, this is our paleobotanist. Dr. Sattler. Sattler. Uh -huh. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Favorite character of the entire franchise. Um, growing up, though, I will say this. Growing up, um, not well, not growing up, but like when I was a kid, I hadn't seen Jurassic Park yet. And uh, I just always liked the character of Alan Grant. And then I saw the, the film... And when I was a kid, I wanted to be a paleontologist. I was really into the idea of, you know, uh, discovering dinosaurs and, and, and all that. And honestly, it's still like a dream to one day go out on a dig, you know, even if I'm just a guest, you know, something like that. Go out and help out on an excavation. Exca excavation. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, but... That changed as I grew, uh, got older. Um, once Lost World came out, Malcolm became my definitive favorite character of the entire franchise. And it hasn't changed. Even with, with Owen and Claire and all these new characters that they've let out, Malcolm is still my favorite. The fact is that he sees what the others are blinded, you know? And it's it's funny to me that he like that he's like, uh, uh, man, I'm always right, and he is. Uh, he predicted a lot of the failed things that happened in the park, and and his chaos theory and everything else uh, all proved to be right. Um, he saw it before everybody else. He was lumped up in the situation of the beauty of the park at first you know when he when he says that famous line in the jeep i won't repeat it right now but uh you know you did it you know um but soon after those rose-colored glasses are clearly taken off and he starts noticing what they're really doing in this park and the fact that like he says life finds a way he's 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 pretty much the one that set the tone for the entire franchise, you know? Yeah, with his theories that he throws out there uh, with the butterfly effect. And, and uh, I don't know, it, it just always felt like Malcolm is, I guess what I like to say is, and I think it's been proven this, is Malcolm is Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton speaking through to the audience is Malcolm. So I always appreciated that. And I just, uh, I don't know. I just always loved the character. And in Lost World, it was uh, solidified that I, uh, he was my favorite. And meeting the actor, Jeff Goldblum, was one of the highlights of my life. And sweetest human being in the world. Uh, they always say, don't meet your heroes, but... Guess what, kids? My hero's awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, there it is. 
hear that? That incredible, incredible music from John Williams. Can we talk about that for just a second? That last track, one of my absolute favorites. It is so, so incredible. I just love the peaks of that moment in the film, and it's underscored by this incredible tune written by John Williams. I can't believe how good it is still to this day. One of my absolute favorite finale closure tracks. It is so, so good. You really can't say enough good things about John Williams and his work here on Jurassic Park. Um, you know, it really has impacted me so incredibly much over the course of the past 30 years. I'm still listening to the score all the time, and I incorporate it into this show each and every time. And, it, you know, you can't go a minute without thinking about how awesome this score is when you're thinking about Jurassic Park. It wouldn't be much of anything, I don't think, without John Williams underneath it. Yes, there are some brilliant moments where there's actually no track at all, and you hear the sounds of the jungle, maybe a dinosaur roar off in the distance, or the characters talking to one another. But when John Williams is underneath these dinosaurs roaming around and attacking, and the characters on the run, there is really nothing better. You know, when I was in third grade, I brought in my massive boombox. I brought that all the way to school. Ended up breaking a piece of it, oops. But uh, with it, I brought John Williams' score for the film. I had a group project with a fellow student, and we were gonna play the music and talk about the film in front of the class. But to add a bit of uh, unpredictability to it all, my classmate got sick and went home for the day, leaving me with my script that was written out, and of course the score to the film in my boombox. So I stood up in front of the class, absolutely terrified, and uh, pressed play on that CD and read away. I honestly think that might qualify as my start in podcasting. But that was an impactful moment for me, standing in front of those kids in third grade, hearing that music, the boom of the score. Hitting again, boom. It was incredible. And it made me feel powerful up there, even though I was terrified. There's something so magical about a few notes, just wavering back and forth on a piano as well. It's a bit bittersweet, yet hopeful. The lullaby that just fills you with joy, introspection, and love. It's youthful, powerful, timeless, and uplifting. John Williams really created a masterful piece here with Jurassic Park. The music just paints a picture right there in front of you. You can close your eyes and see the island in the clouds. You can hear the call of the Brachiosaurus, even though it's not there. And I can see that sunlit valley enveloping me. Williams brings... Williams music brings you on as much of a journey as the film itself. That's magic. And to say a few words about that magic, we have Caleb Burnett. John Williams' score for Jurassic Park changed my life. Um, I already loved Jurassic Park, but when I realized the power that the music holds in that movie and the massive range of emotions that it accompanies and describes I that just instantly made me fall in love with film music and as a musician and composer who tries to make that kind of thing um, it was just unbelievably impactful on my life and it made me uh, want to do what I do so um, it's my favorite film score it captures everything from beauty and awe to suspense and terror all within the span of a couple of hours and um, it's just incredibly written and performed and recorded and it it never gets old um, it's just pretty incredible so <laughs> right. well maybe dinosaurs have more in common with present-day birds than they do with reptiles look at the pubic bone turned backward just like a bird Look at the vertebrae, full of air sacs and hollows, just like a bird. And even the word raptor means bird of prey. 
That doesn't look very scary. More like a six-foot turkey. <laughs> turkey, huh? Oh, no. Okay. Try to imagine go. yourself in the Cretaceous period. You get your first look at this six-foot turkey as you enter a clearing. He moves like a bird, lightly bobbing his head. And you keep still because you think that maybe his visual acuity is based on movement like T-Rex. He'll lose you if you don't move, but no, not Velociraptor. You stare at him, and he just stares right back. And that's when the attack comes, not from the front, but from the side. From the other two raptors, you didn't even know were there. Because Velociraptor's a pack hunter, you see. He uses coordinated attack patterns, and he is out in force today. And he slashes at you with this. Six-inch retractable claw, like a razor, on the middle toe. He doesn't bother to bite your jugular like a lion, say. No, no. He slashes at you here. Or here. Or maybe across the belly, spilling your intestines. The point is, you are alive when they start to eat you. So, you know, try to show a little respect. I have talked to so many people over the years about their favorite scenes from Jurassic Park, and you could pick nearly any moment from the film, and it could be your favorite. There are so many good scenes in this movie, whether you just want to watch Alan Grant destroy a kid with a little velociraptor claw, or you want to see the group just chat about science and ethics at a lunch table. Or if you really want to see it, you can watch a dude get eaten off a toilet. But there are so many options here. And personally, my favorite scene has always been the T-Rex breakout. It's iconic. There might not be a better scene in cinema. For real. No joke. You could pick, like I said, any scene as your favorite from this movie. But I honestly think that T-Rex breakout scene holds up against any scene you could pick from any movie. Here to talk about some of their favorite scenes, we have Ben, Laura, Caleb, Connor, and Dakota. Muldoon hunting the raptors has to be my favorite scene. Coming off the back of Ellie's escape from the maintenance shed, we find Muldoon moving through the jungle looking for the raptors. The way that it's filmed is so good, you can feel the muggy heat of the environment and the tension building. I also love the score at this point, especially when Muldoon is preparing his rifle, slowly unlatching it. And then the sudden realisation that he's been hoodwinked and the hunter turns out to be the hunted. And as his screams fill the jungle, we finish with the menacing shot of the other raptor watching the kill. The thrill of seeing the dinosaurs. I mean, even my favorite scene, the clever girl scene, you get that jump scare, you get that excitement. And there's just something about the dinosaurs that is so magical. Um, I mean, Brachiosaurus is my favorite dinosaur because of that iconic scene where they see the Brachiosaurus for the first time. And I got tears then, and I still tear up today. And I challenge anybody to watch it and not tear up. It's just so powerful such an iconic movie my favorite scene in jurassic park is hard to choose but i have to go with the t-rex breakout scene which probably seems pretty obvious and there's no music in that scene it's just incredibly terrifying and impactful and it never gets old i'm on the edge of my seat every time i watch that scene um the effects are incredible. The cinematography is unbelievable. Um, it's just a classic scene for so many reasons. Um, with the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet and the T-Rex attacking Lex and Tim in the vehicle and everything. It's just a wildly well-made, um, exciting, terrifying scene that still holds up. The raptors in the kitchen, it's just, it's, it just stands as like one of the best pieces of suspenseful 
um, filmmaking in the series, if not in movies in general. It's just absolutely perfect in terms of the way the music gives way to the ambience of the room and the acting, like the location, placing creepy, scary dinosaurs in a place that we can all kind of relate to, a big kitchen. Um, like people work in those, people people have a kitchen in their homes and it yeah, it just brings the dinosaurs home a lot more than any of the other scenes. So yeah, I, I'm always a fan of the suspense scenes in Jurassic films, so that is just, you know, it's a bar that's never been cleared in my opinion. It's just an absolutely fantastic scene. And my favorite scene, I think, for the friend, for Jurassic Park would be the must go faster scene. Cause look at it, look at them, the effects wise and seeing a dinosaur run and look really good too. And the acting in it, the fear in the people, the nervousness in these characters who were all three, you know, really tough, really cool, really, you know, put in their heads. And then all of a sudden, all three of those guys were just thrown away and all that macho-ness thrown away. And it was fear. And you felt that in that scene and seeing the T-Rex chase him down in the Jeep, wonderful scene. and it fills you with terror every time. So let's go back. Remember when I said Jurassic Park changed cinema? I think you remember that. Well, it has, and it's changed cinema over the course of 30 years. That's 30 years of technological updates. Cameras are different. The way people film things are different. How they sound. The music. Maybe an acting method has changed. There are so many updates to cinema. You would think that maybe it wouldn't hold up. That maybe it might be a little too old at this point. It's a bit outdated. And while it may be in certain aspects, you know, we look at the CG and we say, it still looks phenomenal. You do hear a lot of people comparing it to films from today saying, wow, Jurassic Park looks so much better than any movie made today. And you know, I, I agree, it looks great. It looks really, really great. But some aspects have aged. The CG, you know, it looks good. It looks good. And at times it looks excellent. Absolutely excellent. So does everything else hold up? Is it timeless? Does that music still matter? Do the acting choices work still today? Is the script, uh, you know, following with today's lifestyle? I think it holds up. And I have a few people here that will probably say the same thing. Let's take a listen as Jack, Laura, and Dakota explain what it means for Jurassic Park to hold up in 2023. Well, it's easy to go to the visual effects, the CGI dinosaurs, the way all of that still holds up, and, and it does. But for me, one of the things that holds up the most about Jurassic Park has got to be the screenplay. You know, the efficiency of it, the tone, it's still considered a masterclass in screenwriting, and because it is, it covers so much ground, so many genres, science, action, adventure, horror, and yet it's a simple little film, isn't it? Real characters with personal values and journeys that are actually relatable to the audience. Great characters. What a movie. Everything about it still holds up. I just can't believe it's been 30 years since Jurassic Park came out. And thinking back, Jurassic Park was so iconic for the time. And it really stands up. Like the magic that Steven Spielberg and Stan Winston created together is just something that has not been done again. 30 years into, and I gotta say, Jurassic Park does still hold up. Yeah, you notice a couple scene things, but take a look at it. Like, it really makes you feel the emotions. The flea circus scene gets me every time and I'll cry. You take a look at that and you take a look at the majestic animal scenes. The Brachiosaurus scene still holds up and is majestic. I think watching reaction videos of people who've seen it for the first time on YouTube really shows it to you. They all freak out at the Brachiosaurus scene. It's still a movie where there's storyline. You can watch it a trillion times, but anytime you watch it in a new format, a theater, at home, it still holds up. And I think it's something that holds up for the ages. 30 years, 60 years, they'll look at it. It'd be an antique of a film still then, but you know, they take a look at it and say, this movie is good. But what is the legacy of Jurassic Park? I think that will certainly be one of the biggest questions 
coming out of the 30th anniversary. So much has changed, not only for this film, and of course, in cinema, but personally, in our own lives. We've changed, we've grown, we've become different people, we've just made our own legacies. And that's what's important to me, is being able to share the legacy of Jurassic Park with my son and my daughter. Being able to show them the dinosaurs from the film. To introduce them to some of my favorite characters that have ever existed. To sit there and listen to John Williams' score with them. That's what's important, I think, after 30 years. Is passing on this tradition. Playing with the toys together. Giving some of the old toys to them. Buying the new ones. Taking them to the movies to see Jurassic Park. But I know that Jurassic Park will never be the Jurassic Park that it was for us. Because cinema has changed so much, the legacy is definitely going to be different moving forward. You'll never be able to recapture that moment in time from 1993. Kids today won't see it the same way. They already have everything imaginable on screen. But to us in 1993, Jurassic Park was real. So to talk about that legacy and impact, let's hear from Neems, Jay, Ben, Laura, Tom, Tim, and Victoria. It's now a part of my career and what I do um, with Photoshop and designs and all that stuff. It, I'm super lucky that I get to work on the things that I get to work on. And I do it from a place of love because I love this franchise and I love Jurassic Park so very much. So that's how it's made an impact on my life. So I'm super grateful to everyone out there that supports my art. And then I do it for you guys mainly and for myself. I love to see the artwork out there in the world. Honestly, the legacy that Jurassic leaves is uh, it's, it's a huge, um, no pun intended, uh, footprint, dinosaur footprint on the film industry. Um, within fans, it's, you know, a very special place in our hearts, um, especially for me. My heart is basically, <laughs> it's got a mosquito and it's got amber and DNA, dinosaur DNA, DNA in it with, you know, some cat DNA from Cheetos. <laughs> but um, if I'm going to be honest, uh, I, I feel that it's a remarkable film uh, that changed cinema. And I feel that's one of the biggest things that that's the legacy that really leaves it's pretty much the the film that changed cinema. It changed. It was a. It was one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. We always say that um, Jaws is the definitive first blockbuster. Jurassic is. So Jaws is the first blockbuster. Let's let's go back. Jaws is like the first blockbuster. Jurassic Park is the definitive blockbuster. It is not only just, you know, a big, wonderful summer film. It is an incredibly beautiful film. Um, and it's what's kind of been lost in this new trilogy that came out. It's just, uh, just the dialogue in this film is incredible. The, the characters feel real. And the situation all feel real in this film. The everything, every character, um, you, 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 um, what is it? You sympathize with some of these characters. You sympathize with, with Hammond, how he's, especially that scene where yeah, he, his dream is crushed. But you understand at the same time, the other characters, like Ellie telling him, this, you're a delusional person thinking that you can control nature. And, well, I'm actually getting into the plot of the film rather than the legacy. But the legacy is just, it, it's made it's made these characters bigger than life, honestly. Uh, the, Rexy is a superstar. 
that Rexy is a Hollywood icon, you know? And it's cool to see a film that I love so much being cemented in history of cinema, how it is. And 30 years, I was seven years old when this film came out, and it changed my life. It honestly completely changed my life. Um, I literally have a full arm dedicated to this film tattooed. Uh, I have a big collection. I the, the influences for my, my art and everything, I've been all Jurassic. So I think in the end, it's two things. The legacy that it leaves is that big giant footprint in cinema history and as well how it all changed us. So many people went into the film industry. So many people became paleontologists. So many people became artists. So many people did something that this film had an impact on them. So while it had a huge impact in cinema, it had a huge impact in the kids in the 90s. It changed their way of thinking and it made us dream that maybe we can make our own Jurassic Park one day. Or maybe we can discover our own T-Rex one day. Or maybe we can draw our own fascinating concepts of dinosaurs and creatures one day. So I think the legacy in the end is really just the impact it had on the fans. And I know it had a huge impact on me. I just, I love this film. And I love this franchise. And... I always will. Since I was seven years old, I am 37 today. And uh, I have never, ever stopped loving this film. Jurassic Park's legacy will be that it changed the game in movie making. It was the perfect meeting of Michael Crichton's outstanding writing, Stan Winston's beautiful animatronics combining with ILM's pioneering CGI technology, and Steven Spielberg's visionary directing. It's a perfect film that had a profound effect on me and its worldwide audience, inspiring millions of people and leaving a lasting impression. Jurassic Park brought dinosaurs to life in a way that had never been done before. I'm just so glad that there's such an amazing group of us who can connect over such an iconic and nostalgic movie together. Um, it's just created such a, an amazing, amazing friendship between us Jurassic fans. And I'm so excited to see what's next. I think the biggest thing for me and something that I talk about a lot anytime somebody asks this kind of question really is the community and the friends I've made through this franchise. And that really is the biggest thing for me. You know, I never thought at the age of 18 I'd go to America alone to meet friends from the internet. Sounds crazy saying it out loud, but I did it and it was awesome. You know, I never thought I'd be co-creating on a YouTube channel with 80,000 subscribers, but I do that with Jurassic Collectibles. Um, and I never thought I'd have so many friends across the world who I'm connected with every single day and I talk to frequently every week. It's just, for me, that sense of community, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, and it's the hugest impact that it has had on my life is it's given me really a wonderful support network and a wonderful group of friends across the world um, who I'm really, really thankful for. I mean, you look at Connor Ontology, one of my best friends lives fairly locally to me. I see him every couple of months now, and that is purely because of this franchise. So really had a huge impact on me socially in terms of my uh, support network, my connections and my sense of community, my sense of I suppose, who I am, uh, as deep as that sounds. And then I think, you know, the franchise inspires me creatively. The filmmaking side of it has got me really into my content creation, uh, especially with things like the toys, but also things like Jurassic World Evolution. Um, it's really inspired me to try and push my own creative boundaries, learn more about the things that I enjoy and try and be better at them. Um, so I think to summarise, really, you know, this franchise is a massive sort of create a source of creative inspiration as well um that really drives me forwards and encourages me to think about who I want to be and how I want to express myself creatively 
Boom, there you go. Don't think anyone saw this episode getting that deep, but I think this film means a lot to me, this franchise means a lot to me, and I'm very, very grateful for it. Without a doubt, I think a big part of Jurassic Park's legacy is always going to be sort of the uh, way it revolutionized, um, you know... uh, computer-generated effects um, in movies, for sure. I mean, that was definitely, um, among a few other films in the 90s, one of the ones that really um, kind of, like, uh, blew the audiences away and sort of set a new standard for, you know, how we can... how What we come to expect out of special effects in movies. Um, but beyond that, I think, um, again, setting up a very believable uh, science fiction world, um, you know, not um, not jumping the shark, keeping things very grounded in reality. I think um, Jurassic Park really um, kind of, you know, uh, planted its flag there in terms of um, telling a very um, intriguing science fiction story with while keeping things, um, you know, very grounded in reality and also, um, you know, in a way that kind of captures some of that uh that sort of like childish or childlike awe um seeing dinosaurs and all that i think that's something that um you know a lot of films try to uh recapture that uh the jurassic park definitely did first and did best i mean jurassic park has probably been one of the most um pivotal things to happen to me in my life in terms of where it pointed me uh, you know kind of uh now i work as a creative professional and that's definitely something that started from a very young age sort of like feeding into my own creativity and that was really sparked by seeing jurassic park seeing this incredibly believable world that the movie put together with the you know obviously starting with the jurassic park logo um on all the jeep on all like the vehicles on all you know the architecture of the visitor center this fully realized park on screen it was just so believable and um from a young age i knew that people had put this together in the movie to be kind of like this very realistic believable thing and from a young age, I wanted to be a part of that. First, it was I want to make movies. Then it was I want to, you know, write scripts. Then it was I want to work on video games. And you know, obviously, um, <laughs> like all dreams, um, things kind of become more, uh, you know, pragmatic and realistic as time goes on. So um, that's kind of where I am today because of Jurassic Park. Um, kind of chasing that creative dream um, put me where I am at, you know, right now with my career. So um, toys aside, that I love to collect. Um, that's a huge impact that Jurassic Park has had on me. Um, 30 years later, I'm still buying Jurassic Park toys and I'm still doing stuff with them, whether it's photography, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's talking about them on um, podcasts. Um, that's really like the, the, probably the biggest thing for me is just the collectibles and the merchandising. Um, and, um, you know, Jurassic Park and, and those collectibles are largely why I'm, you know, I like to do what I do. Uh, when it comes to the cantina and, and talking about toys and focusing on all aspects of, of um, Jurassic collectibles. Um, so that's always a blast. Uh, I would also say that it's really sparked my imagination as a human being. Um, it's really made the impossible almost possible because it, you know, Jurassic Park, when you think of the science behind it, I mean, it could be possible to bring back dinosaurs. I mean, not exactly as it's done in Jurassic Park, but I mean, maybe there's a way. Somebody might find a way. Life might find a way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just, it, it's really made me, I would say, a better person. I think part of that is just the community that I found um, for Jurassic. Like, there's so many awesome people in this community. I've made some really good friends. Uh, in this community and I've gotten to do some really cool stuff uh, as part of this community so um, Jurassic really is a blessing and Jurassic is forever Um, happy 30th anniversary Jurassic Park Um, I hope that this franchise has a long way to go yet and I hope that there's a lot more merchandising um, and TV shows and so much more to go along with it yet because Jurassic Park is forever this won't ever happen again 30 years ago a collective of miracle workers took it upon themselves to make us believe. Believe in magic, science, people, found family, ourselves, and each other. 30 years later, we are still here, still in awe, still waiting for someone's grandpa dressed in all white to bring us to an impossible island and and show us how impossible becomes possible. Sounded creepy, but you know what I mean. But until then, 
I'll be here celebrating the astounding Jurassic Park because nothing will ever be quite like it. I thank you all for joining us in celebration of this 30-year-old film. Any moment spent listening to our work means a ton to me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. A huge thank you to each and every one of you who gave their thoughts on Jurassic Park in this retrospective. Jack, Jay, Laura, Tim, Ben, Dakota, Neems, Tom, Victoria, Caleb, Connor. Thank you all so, so much for being a part of this retrospective and look at our past 30 years of life. It's emotional. You are all some of the best people I know, and I, I truly appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm so glad that this film has brought us together and given us this gift of working together in this amazing community. I love you all out there. Stay safe. Be kind. Please, let's continue to fight for representation, change, and equality, of course, in our very loved Jurassic franchise, but more importantly, outside of it, in the real world. Let's continue to make this world a better place so that we can celebrate 60, 100 years of Jurassic Park. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to the Dinosaur Podcast. I'm your host, Lincoln Dost. <laughs> That's not the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't. Oh, nice try. Oh, I'm it.